one of the provocations for this conversation came from a client who's who said to me the other day, oh, I did my card sort, I laid them out myself, and then I asked my wife what she thought, and then she changed quite a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, and it's when, what was it, when we've, we've had these about five years, haven't we? And do you remember me telling you about my mum, my dad were asking me, so my, my mum and dad, are, as you know, are in their sort of early to sort of mid early to mid 80s and have been married for 50 55 years and they sort of said what you've been up to and they I showed them the cards and then they I left them with a pack and it turns out they did it on each other which was brilliant and you know to to to, to experience my mum sort of picking out a card well I don't think I do this one at all and my dad just going Welcome to the Noggin Podcast, putting people in good places to do good stuff at work. You're joining us halfway through a conversation where we've been giving each other some input on the behaviours that we see in one another. The jeopardy is still present. Let's see how it goes. We've only done initiating. Yeah. Inquiring, let's, let's move into the stage of an interaction where you're finding stuff out, you're in the middle of it. And there's a back and forth between you and someone else. Cool. And I've got a green for you on inquiring. <laughs> Let's see if it's the same as yours. Yeah, I've got. Like, there's two. There's two I struggled to choose between. Okay. Well, that that hopefully makes my chances of being correct more of a chance. Okay. After three. Thoughtful and understanding. I've got. Yes. What's the other one? Responsive and present. Um, go on, you go first then on the green. I think that you are thoughtful and understanding. I think that you, I think as a friend, you're thoughtful and understanding. The, the, the reason why that, that card spoke to me when I was thinking about you was probably more because we've been friends for a long time. And, you know, you, you've done you've done things in the years that we've been friends. That tells me that you're thoughtful and understanding. You think about, you think about me as a friend. You think about what I might need in certain situations. So, especially when, especially when something, you know, when there's been a big life event or something's happened, you know, you're 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 very um, keen to offer yourself as um, as support to be there, uh, and I'm sure you do it to your other friends as well. What's important to you about being thoughtful and understanding, Ben? I think it comes back to the strong driver about relationships and, and strength of relationships. And, you know, it speaks to me about loyalty. It speaks to me about um, long-term friendships. And I think, you know, my, if I think about my mum and dad, I've learned a lot from them about friendships because they've had, you know, my aunts and uncles, my godparents, and they've had groups of friends who they've been, you know, it's been a big part of what they value and I think that's that's um yeah that's rubbed off on me a lot because I learned a lot about you know, you know it's, the, it's the thing about friends being you know like your family and family being like your friends and I, and I think that's the thoughtful and understanding bit is for me is is yeah the the, the mechanism for me with that is about paying attention to or anticipating, I suppose, what people might need. And that's, you know, I've, mm. 
it's putting yourself in the shoes of others, if you like, and thinking about how can I be helpful and supportive in that sort of situation. And yeah, and as as much as possible, think how can I, I suppose it comes down to facilitation in a way. It's like, how can I facilitate things in a way that's helpful? Because, the, you know, you, you, you joke about, you know, me, you know, Ben, good in a crisis. And in that moment, I feel great, I suppose I feel great significance, if you like, if I'm there for people, because it gives me a role yeah. to, um, to feel to, to feel a degree of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm important to people because I'm doing something for them. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's a, um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's a really high value for me mm. in that. And I think at, at work, yeah, I think, you know, we, it's like we say, we, if you take it out of the home, environment into the work environment i'm really confident that when we you know you you help write proposals and you know i talk to clients about what they might want and need and or even in workshops what i'm really proud about is the fact that you know we don't win all the work that we go for but the one piece of consistent feedback is that that clients will say um we felt you'd really understood us and i think that's the Mm. yeah that's un- it's understanding the nuances for people about things, and and and, and that's what I love about uh, what we do with people individually or in groups. It's it's really you know it's mm. it's finding out what's really going on for people, and I think you're good at that. You're good at that. Good out, because that's what I put down for my green. <laughs> 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 so you've led us nicely into mine so yeah i would say that i'm that as well <laughs> all, all of the all of the above and uh, yeah my my other green was responsive and present and i think i'd add that to yours as well because i think there is a there is a um it's back to what we said about your presence and in, in listening and yeah even though you're quieter that you are really present to what's the ability you have to ask the right questions which is in this inquiring bit is because you are really I think when we talk about you when you've come away from doing action learning or you come away from coaching is the energy that you have after that when you talk about it is that you've had almost it feels like you've had this live experience of being really you know you're not you're not with a group or you know with an individual you're not in any way distracted. You're there because, and it, and it shows because of the, the quality of the the quality of the dialogue or the quality of the provocation that you come up with only happens, I think, because you are really present. Mm. I think I think that I would much rather work with an individual or with a group where there isn't as much structure or there isn't. There isn't like a manuscript or there isn't a program. There isn't a five steps and blah, blah. It's just open. When it's open, I absolutely love that because anything can happen. Mm. I love the element of anything could happen here and actually neither of us know yet. Let's see what's going to happen. A bit like this, uh, a bit like this conversation. (laughs) When I said at the start, there's an element of jeopardy. I was actually really excited by the jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i was slightly nervous by it. Um, 
But it's true though. It is. It's it's a you know it's the way you show up, and I think one of the benefits of you know when you get a lot of feedback, oh, Michael, he's so wise. No, I don't. And I, I don't say that with anyone's ever saying that. It's because they say it about you, and I just choose not to tell you, mate. That's the, you know. um, but I think it's what you know with the theme about you know inclusion, you know, opting in, opting out, and all that. the The thing when it came to the inquiry bit is, you know, I, I, it was really difficult to pick out any reds for you in this because I think. Well, I was going to say the same. I actually can't. I I couldn't come up with a red on inquiring for you of of the six that yeah. we've got i wrote one down and then i scribbled it out and then i i, I mean yeah because in the context you know for the listener or the people watching we've got dips in and out yeah we've got passive we've got mm. unhelpfully critical and yeah oversimplifies and fearful of reactions or cagey or shifty mm. or shifty or unforthcoming so whilst so whilst I might not have found you one, and maybe like you said, you struggled to find me one. Perhaps if I disclose the one I identified for myself, mm. because it's quite interesting. So I picked out for myself under the reds, unhelpfully critical. Now, I totally understand why you might not think that I'm that, because it's totally private. <laughs> It's an inter totally internal process. I can be so critical, but internally. <laughs> and it's something that I am trying to work um, work through. I'm trying to uh, sort of limit it a bit. But um, I, I see it in myself that I can be really unhelpfully critical about things, mm. about people. But it's an internal process. It's not an, it's not an external one. Really? Hmm. Wow, and what I suppose the I suppose these these cards are a provocation about the interpersonal, and I'm wondering does that that process that you're running internally does that have any impact on what happens externally? Because I wouldn't, you know, as as you said, I mean, I wouldn't. That's the last one I would have. That's the last one I would have picked out from you. I could have like thought, well, I'll put that one to one side. It's um... years ago when I first went into counselling. I was 25. And one of the things that I soon learned was that there was a there was a there was a sort of sensitive, vulnerable Michael, and see how my hands going because that was the side of me that it was on, and then there was like this sort of um, overconfident sort of Michael. Yeah. yeah. And the overconfident Michael is that critical voice. It's that, but in a in a sense, that sort of bad character that sits yeah. on your shoulder and that can be critical of you. Or critical of others and often the critical of others is is probably a projection a misdirection of the stuff that you're actually feeling so the unhelpfully critical is coming from that place that's that side of my character that mm. um once upon a time was way stronger than it is now because i try i really try and nourish this more sensitive vulnerable side of myself or I have at least since i first realized that the, these two characters going on and I think I think for most people who are listening to this that they could recognize the sort of inner critic in themselves it's a parental voice like for me that unhelpfully critical voice definitely feels like it's my father like 
it's it's that wanting to come over better than or superior and you know it's it's something that stayed with me since since I was a child so it's it's something that I'm I'm, I'm aware of I don't think it um interferes with my relationships like I said you know you don't you're surprised to hear that that's a case um but I, I'm I'm aware of it yeah I suppose the now you've explained it I suppose with the, the you know knowing knowing you as we you know knowing each other as we do what's the what's the i suppose that you asked me earlier about the fears that often the you talked about the reds are often inflexibilities or driven by fears or concerns something quite primal so we talk about attentive being driven by you know feelings of being attentive is driven by feelings of significance um Mm. being balanced and being two-way and you know lessening the control that you need over situations is driven by competence and connection by likability and my my you know the primal fear for me is, is very clearly a fear of rejection in terms of driving a lot of my attention I pay towards relationships within that so what does the sort of inner critic speak to for you for me it's really clear uh, I mean, it's it's funny. I just looked over at the card, and it's about balance. So the stuff that sits under balanced is wanting to be competent, wanting to be good enough, mm. and then there's a load of sort of self concept stuff beneath that. So this is about being good enough. So the the unhelpfully critical when I throw that out onto an object, another person, or a thing, then that's that's a projection of an insecurity inside me of mm. of, of not feeling good enough. And I think that what drives that, if you want to go a layer deeper, um, and the reason why this voice sounds like a parent is because, you know, when we were kids, the often the familial exchange in our house was ridicule. So quite often, like my dad would use ridicule as a way of, in, of as a way of making my sister and I feel. I don't know, small, or he thought it was funny. I'm not quite sure what was motivating him, but I was really conscious of that. And um, and then that brings up all sorts of stuff around shame and things, which we probably don't want to talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty clear about where that's coming from and what drives that. And if anyone out there is listening to this and knows what shame feels like, then you'll know it's really really effing powerful <laughs> i think i think in the um looking back at the cards about being shifty or un- unforthcoming or fearful of reactions or cagey i think you've just completely demonstrated the fact that they're not an issue for you having been so <laughs> and, no they're not they're not but equally joking aside what that leaves me thinking is you know, you talk about when you went into counselling however many years ago, that awareness that you have about yourself and the fact that that doesn't come through, that self-awareness has obviously driven the awareness to prevent you from projecting stuff onto other people because, you know, 20 years later, I, you know, I, I wouldn't ever see that in you. Mm. So that awareness that you've built about yourself is has served you. Yeah, and and just to emphasise, it's it's totally work in progress, and it's a daily challenge, and every day is a new day, and I could easily fall into it, 
tomorrow or the next day or next week. And mm. I think that it'll just it'll just be with me. Mm. Um, and some days it's easier to check, mm. and other days it's harder. Yeah. But um, yeah, I hope I hope I hope in my work um, and in my personal life it doesn't come out because because uh, it's I know it's not me in a way like me and my core. I know I know it's not me and it's not who I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I I have to fight with it sometimes. Mm. Um, how come you didn't get anything for a red in inquiring? For me, mm. um, I didn't. So I didn't. I didn't have one for you. Oh right. So what was the one you had for you? Because I didn't have one for you. So I I have a um, again I picked out two, mm. and the the one speaks to the overbearing and obstructive, the unhelpfully critical, and that's a you know I can I can probably the one that speaks more is fearful of reactions or cagey yeah i think that speaks for me is it's and it's more in a it's less in a work context mm. and you know i'm in the work context and in the right contract or the right frame that we operate from i think i have permission to be gently provocative you know and that's something i'm really mm proud about in the fact that you know to, to get feedback about you know being a gentle provocateur that that for me speaks to creating awareness and changing others but doing it in a gentle way I'm I'm you know I'm I'm super happy to consider that I've come across that way the fearful of reactions or cagey is more of a personal thing where there's more when I have more vested in sure when the relationship's more intimate yeah Totally. And that's the bit that, you know, the jeopardy in this conversation with you, for example, or the um, being able to talk to people where there's more at risk about how I'm really feeling. And, you know, the work I've done, you know, the immunity to change work with what I learned in Boston and, you know, you know, historical needs for approval. And yeah, and the, that that's the thing that to your point about the daily thing, that's that's a daily thing for me. That's mm. a you know, be mindful of, you know, even you know, even with my builder, he's done something that he's done something that I want him to change, and I'm you know, and and, and I I, it, I stop and think sometimes about saying to him, "How's he going to feel mm. when I ask him to dig all this stuff out that he's just done?" And that's and that's driven by wanting to retain the likability in the relationship. Totally. Yeah. And it's fear of, yeah, the fear of rejection is a really strong one for me. Mm. And I, I think, you know, it's a bit like for you, the, 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 the competence thing is. It's about humiliation, mine. So you, you talk about yeah. fear of rejection, the, the, the layer beneath, the layer beneath competence is about being in a situation where I might feel humiliated. And, and, and I what I was going to say was that, I experience you as being super capable mm. because you've always been ahead of your time in terms of your, you know. I don't know whether you can get away with saying that anymore because I'm 41. <laughs> no, but, you know, well, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, the bit in the beard. But um, in all seriousness, you know, you, you've been super talented at what you've done. 
you know you've been you know two masters you're the what youngest black belt in taekwondo at your age and and all of these things that you've done which in some way if that fear of being of not being competent or not being good enough and if you if you think about you know you read books about high flying sports people fear of failure is a huge driver mm. and in the way i suppose my fear of rejection has honed my likability skills if you like it might uh, over the years to to so i suppose what i'm saying is i think sometimes our it's very easy to sort of beat yourself with a stick about some of your primal fears and and how how we've protected ourselves from them but they certainly do propel us into behaviors which in hindsight have been quite useful for us but the the trick is to keep the positive behaviors that even if they've been a, a, you know a, a moving away from something behavior if you can keep the positive behavior that that leaves you with but also lessen the um the negative drivers by being more aware of it it's a daily practice but it, it's that yeah does that make sense in the moment yeah i hear what you're saying like even if the source of whatever strength you have is perhaps a some kind of a wound or a trauma or a whatever it is that happened that made you like that it's propelled you forward mm. it, and it might even you might even describe it as a compensation it's a compensatory response but that's okay like it's okay yeah yeah it's okay yeah. like there's there's no it's not necessary to judge that mm. It's just a case of being aware of what that was, because everyone's got it, yeah. and it's not, and it's not going yeah. anywhere. Right. <laughs> you know, it's when we talk, you know, my lot of the roots of the ABC model come from Firo theory, and based on primal fears from an interpersonal, you know, what we need from each other, and anything that puts those needs at risk, we'll we'll defend ourselves against. So we'll either overbehave or underbehave. But I love the expression that that you know in terms of primal fears that that deep down we're all dealing with the same shit it just comes out differently on the surface and which is a you know a, a blunt way of talking in psychology terms and i think there's real truth in it because you know if all if all behavior is driven by self-esteem you talked about self-concept earlier that that it's it's far more interesting to pay attention to what's driving the behavior rather than get involved in the drama of the behavior itself. And I think that's a personal thing, mm. which is a really tricky thing to, you know, what's that expression? I was sharing somebody, a guy I know in New York, who used to say, you know, I'm telling myself not to take this personally, which means I already am. You know, and it's, <laughs> it, and it, but it's that awareness, I think, is brilliant because it gives you the, the gap between, with all of these behaviors, the good ones or, or, the, or the red ones. You know, if you, that, that unhelpfully critical one of yours, you've, you've clearly worked at because mm. you, you know you're bringing some objectivity to that rather than a you know i'm just being defensive or i'm being critical and i'm you know mm. you know I'm, i think for in, in my 30s like achieving things became like a a sort of dirty goal <laughs> I, I sort of I, I i was trying to eschew that driver for quite some years and i think it was in the lockdown this year when we got one of those static bikes and I decided that for every day of the lockdown 
I'd go on this bicycle and I'd try and commit to doing this bicycle every day. And as sort of each day went along, it ended up being 62 days where we live. And I remember thinking at some point along those 62 days, I was like, oh my God, I love achieving things. I think it was when I was in a race with about seven other blokes on this <laughs> leaderboard and I was looking at them. I don't know who they were, where they were, but because they were two points ahead of me, I got out of the saddle for the last 30 seconds of this bike ride and absolutely smashed it just so that I could be ahead of one of them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe I need to sort of let go of it being a bad thing to want to achieve things. Maybe it's okay. Like, And I think yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of returning to embracing it. Um, but it's quite, it's quite funny that for a, for a while, because I knew, it, it, I knew where it came from, I sort of, I, I, I sort of held back. I held, I held back from pursuing it. Yeah. But now I'm a bit like, oh, you know, it's all right. <laughs> so there, is, there, unfortunately, there isn't a card that says secretly competitive. <laughs> <laughs> There's no secret there. That's true. Yeah, on your on your Peloton bike with me. That may have been one of the only moments where my unhelpfully critical voice came out and it became public as I was screaming at the screen of <laughs> Mark from Ireland. Who <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to this day doesn't know encountered, encountered your wrath. <laughs> okay, Ben, shall we move on? Let's move on to influence. And is, is there anything we want to say just as we go into influencing just about the, the process we've been going through? How, how are you doing with this at the moment? How am I doing with what this conversation? Yeah. I, feel, I feel fine with it. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still excited about the possibility of 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 how this conversation might. I don't know. Something might explode any moment. <laughs> the, the element of jeopardy. I'm still, is it still excited about. I don't know whether it is actually. I think maybe it's gone. Well, let's well. Let's see. What about you? Are yeah, you, um, think... are you okay yeah. with it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> well, it's what we talked about about the fearful of reactions in KG because we, you know, we we haven't had this sort of conversation. Right? I know that's weird, isn't it? We haven't had this sort of conversation. We both sort of kind of either just crack on or we skirt around things. But and I think this is really helpful. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Join us next time when we get to finish off our conversation looking at the behaviours related to influencing. We'll see you then.